Welcome to Emirates Podcast, episode number 109. This is your host, Suman Silwal. I'd like to welcome Scott Padgett, Sila Freeman, Jamie Trimble, Kim Banner, Tim Coleman to Emirates Podcast. Uh, they just uh, came back from Berlin Marathon, one of the marathon world major, major world marathon. Welcome back to Alabama. I hope you had a great trip, guys. We did, thanks. So we had a big group of Birmingham folks uh, going to Berlin this year. I think we, we used to have one or two people. This year we, we had a big group. How, how, did, how did that happen? Well, I think everybody just uh, got lucky and uh, <laughs> got in on the lottery. Uh, although I would probably believe Mary Catherine may have got in on time, but I think everybody else just just uh, got lucky and got in on the, on the put our names in and, and um, got selected. Is that the case? This is Jamie. I got in on uh, charity. I ran that's for right. the American Cancer Society. Great. That that's always a great. I didn't know that they do the charity. Most of the this uh, international marathon or all the majors they do charity work. Uh, I remember talking to Sila back. Back in days when I don't know if it was this year or last year, trying to apply, but I somehow it just slipped off, and then <laughs> then when everybody all of you left, I was like, oh, I could have gone. I could have done. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about uh, is this uh, most of you? This is your first international marathon. Some of you have done Tokyo, correct? Uh, this is Sheila. Um, I've actually done. This was my third international. I did Paris. And I did Tokyo in February and then, of course, Berlin just a couple of weeks ago. So um, it was great. I highly recommend it. Definitely. Uh, tell us about, uh, Sila, just uh, I have done Tokyo. Tell us about going from some all these different places, you know, with the different languages. You have done Japanese to French to German now. This is different languages as they speak in the course. And as you go in environment, how does that feel coming from America? Um, you know, it's really surprisingly the language in the three places that I've done international marathons, I did not find to be a huge barrier. It's um, most Europeans actually and Asians actually speak English. So um, that really is not something that should deter people. If, you know, they're, they're leery of doing an international marathon. The language is, is really not a problem. So I didn't, I didn't find that to be an issue at all. Definitely. Hey, this is Kim. I wanted to agree with Sheila on that. I felt like in Germany, I, I travel a lot internationally, and I felt like in Germany that you didn't have to know any of their language. They were very uh, pleasant, and they spoke English to us, and they even seemed to hand us English menus when we walked up to certain restaurants. <laughs> so um, I definitely don't think the food or the language was much of a barrier. Definitely. One, I, I was in Germany this summer, and uh, that one, one of the thing I realized that they speak English. I, I heard they started from fourth grade or fifth grade, some early age uh, start teaching English to their kids. And, you know, older gentlemen, they cannot speak English, but the younger kids, they can. So Yeah, even at the race, the signs on race day directing you where to go were all in German and English. So they are built for international marathon, it sounds like. Well, and also for um, Tokyo, I found, you know, the 2020 Olympics are, are going to be in Tokyo. So they're already converting a lot of their signage to multiple languages to accommodate all the international travelers that will be there for the Olympics. So all the signage in Tokyo is, you know, there's English and their language. And again, just like you said, a lot of the younger generation speaks English, not so much the older folks, but um, definitely the young folks all speak English. Definitely. One of the things that when I did the Tokyo, it was uh, back in 2011. Uh, it was before the major. They converted to major. Foods and things were so different. I just came from Chicago, had suffer with the food poisoning and stuff so i was scared of eating any food so uh, one of us can you tell us uh, your experience maybe tim can you tell us about your food experience as a a racing through berlin i mean the the food and the course and are they different from what they give give us here so the uh the marathon had a very specific um sponsored nutrition drink and gel that i'd never seen in the states and it was a i think it was a beetroot based something that i'm not sure we even have access to without specially ordering so i was honestly a little bit cautious about trying that or and not knowing how i'd respond to it so i brought my own nutrition with me from from birmingham and, and stuck with just water on the course but you know, had had I had a little bit more time or chance to to try to get what they were providing on the course, I definitely would have been interested in trying it. Uh, but I was definitely on the the more cautious end of race day nutrition and that sort of thing. 
But, you know, we had a great meal together at an Italian restaurant Saturday night before the race that I think everybody was was pretty happy with from what I could tell that, um, you know, Berlin's a pretty international city. So there's a lot of options, I think, available to you if there's something that you'd like to have before a race. Uh, I'm sure you wouldn't have any trouble finding a specific meal of, of whatever you prefer. And this is Jamie. The uh, the beet based products were actually offered by the Berlin Marathon in a sample pack, and I tried to order it, but you couldn't get it shipped outside of Germany. <laughs> there you yeah. go. <laughs> this, uh, this, is, this is Kim again. Um, also on the course, they had hot tea, and later in the race, when I actually slowed down a little bit. We decided to try it, and um, it was actually quite refreshing. And so I've never had tea in the middle of a marathon before. Yeah, the other issue was was there was no Powerade or Gatorade. So I think coming from America, I really missed that during the marathon. And we did try the beet-flavored um, yeah. nutritional supplement, and it was not very tasty. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Tim. I accidentally grabbed one of those tea cups at one of the early stops because I, I didn't realize I had passed where the actual water transitioned into the tea. But I, yeah, I actually thought it was pretty good for being a, a warm drink on a uh, race day. Didn't grab any others after that. but yeah. <laughs> So they had like a hot tea every aid station or something like that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I didn't see them at every aid station, but they were pretty frequent, if not at every. That's interesting. The, the furthest international I have done, like I said, Japan, when they were just handing out and they're speaking Japanese, with I, which I don't understand the food, they were handing me. I was like, no, I, I don't want to try. So next time, <laughs> if I ever go to Japan, I want to try every food out there. <laughs> I don't mind even if they get, hand me a sushi out in the course. So. <laughs> The other funny thing about their water stops were the water was in plastic cups. Yes. And first of all, there was no one handing you the water. You had to go to the table and get it yourself. But then plastic cups on the ground stepping on them, it was so loud and slippery. And we had actually been warned about that from previous Birmingham Berlin runners. And they had said, be careful because it could be slippery. But it was also very loud, I noticed. Definitely. Scott, you, you're a little quiet. Uh, tell us about your full experience. Uh, you, you had this picture posted that kind of said what I'm doing here kind of thing. Tell us about your, your racing experience. I assume you uh, you train pretty hard here in Birmingham, uh, summer weather, and, and uh, give us uh, some, some experience, your experience out there. Yeah, well, mine was, the goal was for this to be, uh, try to do a Boston qualifying time. And, uh, but my attendant in my, in my left foot, had other ideas um so it flared up about four weeks before uh berlin and kind of put me on the sideline so the race then just became for me just to you know experience it obviously just to to finish try to have you know have have a good time and try not be in too much pain the whole experience so i would take the injury take the time off and do it all over again just for the experience because it was pretty amazing it really was Definitely. One of the things I have uh, given up trying to race when I travel so far, even within the state to try to run hard, Boston and all these places. It's first, it's difficult, I guess. So the, how big is the uh, Berlin Marathon? How, how many runners? Uh, there was about uh, almost 45,000 runners. So it was wow. huge. So and, and, huge. Yeah. And trying to, and you're, you're exactly right. And that was something that I learned the week before because I actually, I, I went out before and I was already traveling and I hopped a plane and went to Paris for a couple of days and then went to Berlin. And if I would have, tried to maintain the race discipline of really running hard, then it would have taken a lot of the enjoyment out of the time before. And so one thing that I certainly learned was just like what you said, I think whenever you go for big international races, even though it's the fastest course in the world, which was obviously proven. Um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> we'll we, we, we can talk about that a little bit later. Yes, yes. We definitely. Um, it would have taken away from the experience to have the pressure of maintaining the discipline and the you know all the way up to race day which you can do easily if it's either a domestic and you're not traveling you know a week a week or 10 days before the race so it it actually kind of all worked out um even though i'm not going to be able to get to go to boston in 2019 like i wanted to but um you know Again, I would probably trade it all and do and have it happen the same way. Definitely, that's always a thing for all of our listeners to 
understand that, you know, traveling itself takes a lot of toll on our body and <laughs> go in a completely new time zone and then try to, you know, tackle a lot of things in racing. I think I tried to do a Tokyo and see like that was, that's pretty flat course too. And then it's, after a while I said, nah, that's just, I was, I said, nah, this is not the place to do it. So. Well, you know, the, the jet lag in itself, just the process of uh, international travel in itself, it just, you know, it takes a couple of days to get your head on straight. And so if you're, you know, I would definitely recommend going a couple of days before the race. Give yourself at least a full day on their time zone, you know, to kind of get everything in your head straight, and your body straight. If you can afford to do that, <laughs> to go a couple of days ahead of time, it, it definitely helps. So, so this is Tim. And, and to that point, I think I was the last of the Birmingham runners to actually arrive. <laughs> um I, I got into Berlin around one o'clock local time Saturday, went to the expo, did all the gear, pick up and all that, met, met everyone for dinner. Uh, I was in Berlin for about uh, 16 hours or so before race day. Did not set myself up for the best race experience running wise, but uh, still had a, a great time on the actual marathon. But uh, definitely need a, a couple of days to adjust and uh, get over the, the amount of time spent sitting on a plane. Definitely. I, I saw Scott traveling around uh, Europe and some of you, like you said, uh, Tim, you just went straight up there. Some of, some of you travel afterward. What is the, talking about traveling cost-wise and, you know, going that far, what, what do you guys like to recommend before or after traveling? When I went to Tokyo, I think I had like some time before, a little time after, so, you know, it's just not much. A week is usually what, what I did and when I went to Asia and all the way to Tokyo, so... Uh, I spent another day or so in Berlin after the race and then traveled for the rest of the week and actually came home uh, this past Friday. So I, I gave myself a good, you know, five, six days or so to travel afterwards, which is what I wanted to do to be able to not feel like I needed to hold myself back from trying things. And, you know, with that pre-race nerves to gone. So I felt like I was able to enjoy the trap, the, the trip a little bit more with having the race done and then look forward to the travel aspect. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Other than not, maybe not being able to walk up and down stairs. Right <laughs> you know, walk, walking around Berlin. Um, I think I looked at my watch. I think I walked like 12 miles Monday uh, after the race felt absolutely fantastic um, doing it every step of the way. But no, I, honestly, you know, I, I think it was, even though it was, was hurting and, and painful to walk after the marathon, I still think I was able to enjoy the city and enjoy the travel more so than had I done it on the, the front end. Yeah, my, my schedule actually dictated the, cause I, I had to be somewhere the weekend before, and then I had to be somewhere this past weekend. And so the only time that I could travel to get there and everything was before. And I, but I would agree. And I think, and Mary Catherine, obviously, you know, living large. (laughs) Yeah, she's still out there, I heard. (laughs) Yeah. But to do it again, or when I do some more uh, international, is I'm going to do what Tim did and what Mary Catherine did and stay playing all the fun stuff after. Got it. Traveling is an interesting thing. So, yes. Yeah. Getting up the airplane and running a marathon, probably not the first thing you like to think about, but that's that's what Tim did. I guess it's, it works well. Uh, well, maybe not so much, but you know. <laughs> Definitely. Jamie, before we move, I just wanted to. Um, listen to you about you running as a charity runner uh tell us about how, what is that experience how did you come about uh about uh, are they a little different than you know london does a little different uh, for running a charity versus how berlin will do and, and things like that tell us about that sure um i ran for american cancer society they have a charity performance group called team determination and uh, my company i'm a co-owner in my company and my business partner is a cancer survivor and so we um, regularly raise money for um, the american cancer society we originally started uh, doing that with the Komen Race for the Cure group and then switched to the American Cancer Society. And so I raised the money for my charity entry through my company because we have a lot of people that support us and support my business partner. And um, so 
when I found out that they uh, offered that, I contacted them and they found out how much money we raise regularly. They sort of started almost recruiting me, trying to encourage me to uh, come join their team, sending me emails and saying, hey, we got these slots left. And so I um, decided to join that team. And then the uh, they have coordinating people that manage that and they uh, commun- the communication is excellent. And they sign you up for the race and do the race entry through that. And then all the information is submitted to the marathon from them. And then you're just signed up and then you start getting the information. And um, then we had uh, they had some team events that I wasn't able with my schedule to meet up with while um, I was there. But they did meet up. And one of the things we can talk about is the breakfast run on uh, Saturday before the marathon. But they had a, a team photo for that and I got to meet some of the other folks a bunch of folks from Chicago which is where uh, the American Cancer Society is based and then I met the uh, the coordinating person from there so uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun for a great cause very proud to have done it um, and uh, those of you who saw my pictures on Facebook you know I ran for my uh, in honor of my business partner Marie Calhoun definitely sounds like great cause so as we moving on uh, this this conversation, uh, Jamie, w- will you be running for more of the charity at the, as you are pursuing? Maybe you're trying to get all the Abbott's World <laughs> Marathon majors. So I, I just call them majors. So will you be running? Like uh, I'm trying to pace through some of this, but will you be running for the charity? I think I would definitely do it again because it's something that is you know close to me and close to my company and what we do. And so I definitely think I would would do it again for um, some of the other big races. Definitely. The one other question I think I talking to stay with with uh, the charity being a charity runner london they start them in the back of different group do you do they do that same thing for for you or are you you are in the regular corral no it uh, you submit your time just like you do for a regular entry and they slot you into the corral or into the wave uh, based on the time you submit great yeah so okay. you're you're in there just like a regular runner and uh, as as you run the course you run in you know we were all wearing uh, team determination shirts and you would see people on the course that uh, had started at different times and different uh, waves uh, running those as well definitely yeah it sounds regular races so that's 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 great because it's always uh, I think even Chicago they started bringing them in the back back corral so anyway let's uh let's move on uh let's talk about a little bit more about experience uh, uh one question one of you can answer how's the training that we did a heat hot summer training here we had the pretty hot summer uh, and then going to going to berlin uh, tell us about the weather wise how was that helped or hurt or how did that work yeah well it's true i think that you know they all of our trainers and our friends and everything like that because we complain an awful lot about the heat and humidity that we get to experience during our summers here in the southeast but for me personally and i think i think the other folks would probably uh, agree with me it really does set you up and uh and put you in a a great condition whenever you can train in this and survive it and then <laughs> you go into an environment like we went into and race morning even though it was a little bit later than what i thought about but it was still probably what in the upper 50s when we started mm. and it was sunny and it was dry and the humidity was maybe 20 percent and um it really felt wonderful. <laughs> and it, it, as, as you're going and you're not sapping all of your energy, you realize that uh, it's due to the fact that we had to suffer through our uh, 80 degree, 90 percent humidity Saturday morning, 6 a.m., 18 and 20 mile runs. Definitely. So definitely. It, it, and it's a yeah. flat course, too, correct? It's very flat. Dead, dead flat. <laughs> yeah. The biggest hill is uh, is an overpass to uh, to their their interstate, I assume, is the Autobahn. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, Autobahn. Yeah, those fast, yeah, fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, some of the experience you you guys had um, while you were there. Tim, I think, or Jamie, you guys want to start? Uh, you talked about uh, running running in that stadium. 
Let's talk about that. Uh, all your experience. Uh, anybody can start. Uh, yeah, that was the. Uh, they have what it's called the Generali Breakfast Run, and it runs from the Charlottenburg Palace to the Berlin Olympic Stadium, where Jesse Owens won the four Olympic gold medals in 1936. And you get to run a lap around the around the track. And Sheila, Kim, Scott, and I all did that together and had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. that that actually was probably one of the highlights for me. Was um was that run it was just uh 10,000 something people and the weather was great it was cool it was sunny and it, it's nothing like running into that stadium and just thinking the history that took place there and that you're on the same spot that that happened so that that actually to me was one of the highlights in addition to the marathon uh, yeah i would agree yeah that was extremely uh special to be in that tunnel and, and then you come out in that stadium and you're actually down on the track and it's obviously not the the exact same surface but it's the same place that um that all that history took place and with Jesse Owens in 1936 and him upsetting Hitler, which is always a good thing. <laughs> the thing things didn't go as Hitler planned, thanks to, thanks to Jesse Owens. And uh, and we were we were standing right there where it all happened, what, 80-some 80, 80 years ago. That was special. This is Kim. I thought it was neat, too, because I thought it was a nice benefit of the race. Um, yes, I had a great time. It was a beautiful morning. Had fun with fellow Birmingham runners. Took lots of pictures. Um, and we generally just laughed the whole way. And then when you got into the stadium, it almost sent chills through your spine thinking about what happened there. But then afterwards, they had a breakfast. Well, we were told ahead of time not to bother because the line was too long. But it turned out to be a, a line of tents that had apples, bananas, their version of a chocolate drink, some chocolate croissants and some yogurt and some granola bars that were local. And we actually ended up just popping in later in the line. And um, there was plenty of food and it was kind of a neat experience. All the other runners were sitting around talking and then we were able to grab a little snack and then we were able to go off together and find some place to have a, a nice brunch. So it was just really the whole morning was a lot of fun. Definitely. It sounds like a lot of fun. Is this, uh, do you have to pay for this or, or is this a free event? No, no, that's what I was saying. It was included for, it was free for all participants, but you didn't have to prove that you were a participant. So I noticed there were a lot of non-marathon runners. Well, I'm, I'm saying that because there were children that met up with the family afterwards at the stadium. And so it was definitely a family affair. So it was a really neat event. Nice. It could be good for people who traveled with the marathon runners to attend. Nice to know. Definitely. So as we move, move through our interview, uh, I wanted to give each of you time to kind of reflect uh, and we can ponder on our experience a little bit or you can think about your own experience. And um, I just wanted to, so you can, everybody, you know, as a runner, we all experience a little differently. I mean, maybe we see the same thing, old Germany, new Germany, new Berlin, old Berlin, and uh, people. Give us your experience, each of you, so we can we, we can learn from what you have seen out there so that uh, our listener, if they're thinking about going there or, or the lottery is coming up, so so they want to apply. Tell us each of you can go ahead and, and uh, give give a little bit of experience. This is Sheila. Um, probably of this whole group, I'm the most novice runner. Uh, I'm kind of the back of the pack bringing up the tail end. So I would just say to people that are listening to your podcast to not be discouraged no matter what your level of running is. Um, you know, it's Birmingham has a great, very welcoming running community, and it's open to all levels of runners. And I would just encourage people, if it's something you desire to do, to go for it. You know, my goal is to complete the six world majors. I've done four of them. I've got two left. So, um, you know, it, it, it's just been an incredible experience. I've met just some incredible people um, gotten to know some of these Birmingham folks better. And, and um, I just would encourage people not to be intimidated. If I can do it, anybody can do it. So um, this is Kim. I um, honestly had never really wanted to go to Berlin. Um, it just wasn't really all the places I want to go in this world. So I was pleasantly surprised when we got there about, A, the fact that they speak Hello. so much English. But um, also um, getting to see the Berlin Wall was probably the, one of the highlights of my trip because I guess I didn't realize that part of the wall was still standing. And the um, fact that all over the city they have um, bricks 
that are laying in the ground where the original wall was. And so you would be running the marathon and all of a sudden you would run over the wall, basically. I mean, not literally, it wasn't still up, but they have the spot on the marked on the ground. And so I did a bike tour on Friday and got to see a lot of the city and there is a lot of history in that city. And so I was taken back by how apparently most Berlinians, for lack of a better word, are ashamed by their history and they don't want to highlight the Nazi reign, that they want to try to keep it a secret. They showed us some bunkers that are not really advertised. And we got to see just a lot of other neat things that really impressed me about the city. So so I was really glad that I went and was able to run. This was actually my second international race um, and my second world major. But it was um, a really great experience that I would definitely encourage people to go to and not just to be worried about um, the international race experience. However, to prepare for all the differences in an international race. But um, it made a lot of great memories there. Sounds pretty good. Making a memory is what, what we are there to to be on uh, grabbing those medals, so definitely. <laughs> uh, and, That's what it's all about. Yeah, and adding one more majors to the two-hour list of done lists. So, Tim, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. So this was my third marathon, um, second major, and, and definitely first international. You know, I'd, I'd set myself some pretty ambitious goals coming in in terms of what I wanted to be able to run and um, what I was trying to do just for personal goals and had a few things leading up in the last couple of weeks before that that kind of shifted some of my focus to, you know, I was coming in wanting to run well, but really wanted to be able to look back and say that I actually enjoyed the race experience, uh, which I think was a little bit of a different mindset for me for some races. The one thing that I was honestly really happy about was that there's no out and back sections on the route itself. So everything you see along the race is something new and different. And you really get a really nice tour of the actual city itself along the route. And you can see some of the differences of, of West versus East Berlin and the different architecture and different feel through some of the neighborhoods that you go through. And, you know, so getting to see the city and, and having a really pretty uh, consistent crowd support along the race, I thought was really nice for, for a marathon and, you know, definitely a, a big race. Uh, you know, I expected a good turnout, especially after doing Chicago last year, which has phenomenal crowd support. What Kim and Sheila were saying about the, the history of the city and, and just the, the overall sense of where you are, what you're doing, definitely adds an, another layer of complexity to the, the experience. Uh, so even though things didn't go necessarily how I hoped they would go or, or planned on going on race day, I, I still think I had a really uh, enjoyable race and, and one that I would look back on and being really thankful for having the opportunity to go do. So definitely one that I would I would recommend for someone to, to look into as, as an international experience and, and definitely have the opportunity to go try to do it if possible. Definitely. Berlin is in my top list at this moment. So, so as you guys are talking, convincing me that, that I should <laughs> put my name for next year. need to check with the family, but you know how that goes. So, <laughs> Jamie, what, what is your experience like? I would echo what. Kim and Sheila and Tim all said um, it was just really neat to take in the history of Berlin and you know, I'd never really given much consideration to going there and I think you know it's it's interesting too you you forget or we you know we were probably taught a lot of the stuff about the history of Germany east and west and you know I mean I remember when the wall came down but you know you forget a lot of that stuff and then to go and see it and experience it was neat. A couple other things that I thought was great with the experience was it's a very well-run race. You know, Scott mentioned it's almost 45,000 runners, and you have to be well-organized to be able to pull something like that off. The uh, the expo was in an old airport, the old uh, Berlin City Airport, and um, it was huge. It uh, took quite a while to get around. I think Scott spent most of the day there. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the, um, the race venue for, for pre-race was uh, had to be huge because of that many people. I mean, like the bag check was spread out. It was just, you know, a big, big event, and but 
very well run. And um, then the other thing I don't think anybody's really mentioned is, um, you know, the nice thing about big cities is the public transportation. And some of us kind of mastered the public transportation system while we were there, which is a good way to get around and uh, see see the city as well. So those are just some highlights of my experience as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, everybody touched on a lot of stuff. And, Jamie, that's a good point. Yeah, the, the, we got good at the U-Bond and the S-Bond. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we got around really well. And I think what stood out the most for me, and it maybe I, I've, this is my fifth marathon, marathon my first major. Uh, it's my first of this size. I mean, probably the biggest marathon I've done prior to this would be uh, St. Jude's in Memphis as far as just, you know, number of participants and everything like that. But what just absolutely blew me away and I and I never got tired of was the crowd support. I I must have high fived at least a hundred kids. Um, <laughs> and um and if Shalanka was listening I made sure I petted at least one dog. Because so, that's required. And um but it wasn't it wasn't just the kids, it was the adult and you know of course you know, you, you enter in enough time and, and your name is on your uh, is on your bib. And, you know, the first couple of times it kind of caught me out, but then I kind of got used to it. But I had dozens of people, you know, in English, go, Scott, go, or they say super. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I mean, it was it was just and it never let up. I mean, it was 26 miles of solid people lining both sides of the course all the way up and down. And I think I read somewhere that they uh, estimated well over a million people came out to, to watch the runners in the race. And um, also I understand I have a, a, a good friend of mine and they just moved there about five, four or five months ago. And so I was able to meet up with, with them and uh, had dinner and talked. And uh, she had dinner with uh, Tim and I uh, Sunday night and um, learned that Sunday over there, they, they still take their Sundays very seriously. And so you don't go shopping on a Sunday. You don't go grocery shopping. Um, Sunday is still a, a big day of rest in Germany or at least in Berlin. And I assume the whole country. And so to have the race on Sunday just made that time available. And that's obviously by design. And, um, that to me, out of out of, out of a lot of the stuff, everything else that that took place, you know, the history and the, the city and, and and all that, but the crowd support was just amazing. Definitely, a couple of things. Uh, what Jimmy mentioned, what you what you mentioned, this public transportation is a big thing when you go to big city. It sounds like a Berlin is a pretty similar, and the crowd support also. Scott, you haven't done a lot of big cities, but it's like I'm amazing and if you ever end up doing boston you know there are people lined up from <laughs> one end to the next and yes it's just uh because they 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 take their uh boston marathon very seriously i mean we're talking about barbecues and beer drinking and all so <laughs> so i have done hey, i've done it all so this is kim yeah i wanted to add one more thing about um the crowd support so that this was actually my 18th marathon and I've done um, a lot of Disney marathons, which are pretty big races. It's usually 25,000, so not quite the 45,000, but definitely um, more like Chicago in the sense of all the crowds. And, this, and so I've done Chicago, and um, it was a lot of people lining the streets. And Disney is the same way. You constantly have people. But one thing I noticed that was different about Berlin was I got yelled at in English and German, French, and a bunch of different languages that I didn't recognize. And then every now and then, just like Scott said, you would hear Kim, and I would just cock my head around thinking, somebody's yelling my name. Who's yelling my name in Germany? And so that was really neat that they do seem to embrace the experience um, and yelling out your name. And then also one thing I noticed was there was a lot of music on the course. Now, I normally run with music, and I did not at this particular event. But there was a lot of bands that were playing American songs in German, or they were singing German songs in English. It was so funny. It cracked me up after a while. 
So those were some other things that I noticed in this race that I had not experienced in previous races. And after I decided to kind of just enjoy the race and take it all in, I did take Scott and Shalanqua's advice and decided that at some point I needed to high five a kid and pet a dog and also <laughs> touch one of the thousand mushrooms that said touch here for power. Signs were written in English because there must have been fifty of those on the course. The, yep. the Mario the Mario Kart signs are a real yes. thing. That yes. Yes. that legitimately helps. I did, I did. I hit a few of those on the way. So anyway. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, that adds to all, all the things we're talking about. Uh, before we forget, uh, we cannot forget this. How did you all feel or felt uh, that you found found out that the world record just got broken almost? Uh, <laughs> Uh, the same was, same um, course that it, you guys are running, so it yeah. was very cool. Like I said, I'm kind of the back of pack. It's very cool when you see a sign that says the world record has been broken. So somebody had already written on a sign that uh, yep. that it had been broken, and they had the time on there. And how cool is it that he's on the back of our medal? I mean, that it's just an awesome feeling to say we were there when that happened. He probably yeah. felt the pressure to break the world record since he knew his picture was on the medal. That's what I told my family when I got well, back home. He, if your he picture broke... was on the medal, you'd be like, gum, I better break that world record. <laughs> well, he, he broke his pacers along the way. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, what, what Kipchoge was able to do is just incredible. Uh, it's phenomenal. So this is Tim, by the way. I'm a physical therapist, but career and, and looking at what he is able to do just from a physical sense um obviously after watching the breaking two documentary and everything that goes along with that but for him to come out in an actual sanctioned race event and put on the performance that he did is it's just mind-blowing what he what he came out and, and did on that day i didn't actually see anything officially to show the time until i'd actually crossed uh, the finish through Brandenburg and was was walking through to the post race and there was a guy holding a sign up and I think that was the first time that I've laughed out loud after finishing a run of any sort of significant distance um, <laughs> and, and you know it's just one of those things it's like it just uh, you know the, the the city adds history to it adds to the experience and then to be able to look back and say this this man ran uh, a new world record and not only just broke the world record but but broke it significantly he crushed um, it to, he crushed to the it. point where you know I, I would honestly be shocked if that's if anybody comes close to that in the next 10 to 15 years no, except for him except well, for right. him yeah. maybe next yeah. to you, he, you know? he, may, he may show up and, and you know take another 15 20 seconds off um you know or another minute 39 off who knows but um no it, it adds a whole nother layer to the to the experience to look back and be able to say you know i was there running that same route running those same three blue striped lines um that are that are marked out on the route definitely very very cool experience Definitely, and uh, and as as we get close to break that two hour, I guess that's uh, a great great achievement for it to happen for him and for all the running community. You know, it's a great to celebrate. You know, and you guys being there and experience and like you said, Tim, they ran the same route, same blue line, you know, same crowds. You know, it's just amazing and very satisfying experience. That's what I say. Very much. Absolutely. Real quick, Suman. Uh -huh. One one thing Tim mentioned um, that's unique about Berlin is you know Adidas is the sponsor and they mark the course with three three blue lines about every twenty yards. So the entire course around the city is marked with uh, these three blue lines. So that's what Tim was referring to about following the, the three and, blue and, lines. And those those blue lines mark the shortest tangents to run for the race you know with a race this size and crowds that size it's it's easy to run and actually add distance just from the sake of you know so many people around you but i found myself later in the race basically gluing myself to those blue lines <laughs> just to it's like oh we saved that extra tenth you yeah. know but. I, I did the same thing i tried to stay as close to the blue line as i could the whole time well i did too but what was y'all's total distance because mine was 26.5 when i was done mine was 26.8 oh 20, wow 26.8 for me too <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would have been on track uh, had I not had my rather infortuitous bib malfunction late in the race, but I came in at 26.7. 
<laughs> but that was that was by my own doing, unfortunately. Damn, yeah. we need to hear about the, what happened with the boots. Oh, yeah. If if there's something you want to bring up, let's do it. Yeah. Now. <laughs> so okay. So the the bib debacle. <laughs> so the the Berlin Marathon bibs are made of a of a you know substantial cardstock material, but they don't have any sort of uh, laminate backing, plastic backing, anything. It's it's basically just a, a paper bib. Um, and I had mine on uh, the left leg of my shorts. Coming into the water stop around mile 19 or so, since we have to go to the tables to grab water and then exit the table, I grabbed my water and was leaving the table. And I think what happened, somebody was coming in to reach over, so I ducked uh, to avoid running into their arm. And I think, as best as I can recall, my left hand came down and somehow separated my bib from my shorts. And tore it off my shorts leg. Did not know it until I was probably another quarter mile or so down the road when I happened to glance down and see that my bib was no longer attached to my leg. And given that I had stuff in gear check um, for the post race, had a little momentary panic that I would not be able to get my <laughs> wallet, my phone, my, my you know anything out of gear check without my bib. Turned around on the spot and started making my way back upstream. Um, looking for my lost bib wherever it might have happened. So backtrack to the actual water stop, found it laying thankfully number side up to where it was clearly visible, grabbed it, tucked it into my waistband and my shorts, and then uh, fought some some serious uh, <laughs> irritation and late race mental uh, struggle for a couple of miles until I was able to kind of get myself situated again to, to finish out the race. But all in all, I think I added probably a, a good four or five minutes from turnaround to backtrack to finding to getting back on, on track to the, the race. But uh, yeah, not the time in the race for that to have happened right around uh, the time when I was really starting to feel the distance <laughs> in the pace. Uh, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right right when you really start to question why you're doing this marathon is when, when that decides to happen. So uh, um, when things started going bad, it went bad on you. So yeah, you know, lesson, uh, lesson to be had, I'm sure at some point. Uh, but all, all in all, still, uh, thankful that i was able to kind of get myself out of that funk and still be able to enjoy the the finish of the race because there was really a pretty cool finish being able to come under brandenburg and 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 in that marathon and take away the experience that i had so um definitely like i said not not the race i plan to have but it is what it is had a great time regardless yeah definitely and now with those big city marathons they're serious about their bibs and stuff they will not i mean even smaller races nowadays you know with all the security and everything you're lucky right, enough that <laughs> you were able to. Well, I, I was lucky to find it, honestly. You know, I had I had picture ID in, in my uh, gear check bag, but who knows if I'd have been able to convince somebody just to pull it out to look and say, oh, yeah, that's my stuff. Um, yeah. So 90% of the time, I will not even know what my bib number is unless like. A... No, no, I had, I had no idea what it was. <laughs> so that's a, that's a scary moment. Um, mm. That's part of a. Running a big race or even running any race, I guess, definitely. So we talked uh, so many different things about running overseas marathon. Uh, if uh, if listeners, um, I think we uh, we touched really early about it. Uh, let's bring this back again. Um, if uh, if they're thinking about going out in anywhere outside of U.S., what is the few things they should they should uh, know or realize about other than getting passport and ticket? My advice. This is Sheila. Um, again, it's just to, you know, at least give yourself a day or two time to get there between the race so that you have a day or two just to get on their time schedule. That to me is huge. I did, when I did Paris, I was actually there a whole week before I ran the marathon, but I did an awful lot of sightseeing. So I was exhausted before the race even came. Hmm. For Tokyo and Berlin, I was there a full day two days before the race. And I think that makes a huge difference to give yourself time to get on their, their time schedule, try to get a good night's sleep, 
to me, that's 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 a big thing. And also food wise, you know, it's great to try all the different food after the race, but not necessarily before the race. And you know, most hotels have what I would consider normal food. So kind of stick to that before the race. And then after the race, have at it, you know, go enjoy all the international food. This is Tim. I, I think for this race, more so than any other race I've gone to, I've actually made certain to look at the geography and location of the race setup and, and how everything was laid out in terms of where I was actually booking my hotel to make sure that um, I was as close as possible and if needed could walk to the start and not be dependent on public transit, you know, cause I know like people that have done New York is, you know, chaos trying to figure out a way to get to wherever your start corral is. But, you know, I, I think I was able to, to book a hotel at a reasonable price within a mile and a half or so from the, the starting area and, and the, the friend of mine that I was traveling with, you know, we, we actually just had that as our little warm up walk just to get over to the start areas. Uh, I would say figure out where, where everything's set up, where you're going to be going. Um, have a good sense of, okay, if, if needed, you know, I'm not going to be stressed for time to be able to walk to the, the start area to get things started for the day. Yeah. One thing that, uh, I think I was unique, uh, in what the way I traveled is, uh, I, I stayed in a, uh, an Airbnb. It was economical and I too, I was, my uh, Airbnb was a flat, just, literally just out on the out, outer edges of the tier garden that's the big park that's like berlin central park that's where the start and finish is so i was about as close i was probably about the same distance uh you know a mile to mile and a half i walked to the start line i had paid 20 euros to ride a bicycle taxi <laughs> out of, <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of walking back uh, but that that was about the best twenty euro I think I spent the entire time I was traveling. <laughs> but I booked my Airbnb literally uh, maybe the same day or the next day after I found out my uh, entry was accepted. I got in on the lottery, and uh, it was pretty economical. And again, for me, it was perfect. It was a a flat, it just basically a small apartment somebody lived in, and I, I guess maybe they. They traveled a lot, or they left for uh, for the just for this race. I don't know what happened, but it didn't bother me. It was a perfect place. And uh, so, I just want to add on to what Scott said. You know, uh, Kim and I stayed actually together in a hotel room um, right there at the start. We basically were just a couple blocks from the start, and I actually booked my hotel the day I put my name in for the lottery. So I didn't know I had gotten into the marathon. But I went ahead and booked a hotel. So for um, people that are, you know, going to put their name in the lottery, I would suggest go ahead and maybe trying to book a place, either Airbnb or hotel room. Just make sure that you're allowed to cancel. So I made sure that I it was a hotel that allowed me to cancel within a certain time frame. And then once I found out that I got in um, the lottery, of course, I didn't need to cancel it. But uh, the rooms book pretty quickly i think so that would be something i would suggest if you decide you want to do it and you put your name in the lottery to go ahead and get your accommodations kind of ironed out and just make sure it's one that you can cancel if it doesn't work out definitely yeah and 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 also uh same thing on the the travel plans is uh, don't be afraid to, to be both flexible and or inventive how to actually get there and because when i started i guess probably two or three months ago started shopping for uh airline tickets the round trip to come out of birmingham was going to be upwards of eighteen hundred dollars to do uh you know the the trip out and back and around and everything like that and because of my other travel plans uh i found myself up in um up near New York on Sunday. And so I booked a round trip from JFK to Paris, uh, which is a direct flight for Delta. And it was only $650. And there was, there was other travel involved, but I ended up, I was able to just to, to be creative in, in my travel plans. And, uh, I, I, I probably saved a good six or $700 on, on travel. So, you know, don't be afraid on a trip like this. If you're coming out of Birmingham, Birmingham tends to be a kind of an expensive city to fly in and out of. Go to Atlanta or to be somewhere else, and uh, you can actually make the trip 
relatively affordable. Definitely. This is Jamie. I stayed in a Hampton Inn, I'm a little further away probably than most everybody else, and uh, took uh, the U-Bahn public transportation the morning of the race to uh, meet up and walk to the race start. And it was uh, real simple. Uh, the uh, I was about six stops away, and it was kind of neat that morning being on the uh, the train with all the other marathon runners we all had these wristbands on that were part of our entry into the race start area and uh, everybody's on there all going to the same place it was seamless the train ran on time and got there in plenty of time and uh, didn't have any any problem uh, with that on race day definitely sounds like you guys had great experience i'd like to thank uh, all of you come to this podcast and talking about your berlin experience international running experience some of you have done multiple international races and uh, thanks for your time really appreciated coming to uh, this podcast and uh, sharing your experience and knowledge and uh, encouraging us to go out and run some of those international races. don't get intimidated by traveling far and run this race before we close this interview i just wanted each of you give a minute or so just give a word of advice to all our listeners uh, from your experience uh from running this this Berlin Marathon or any international marathon you have done, just give a word of advice to all of our runners. I'll go first. I'll, I'll just say train hard and don't be afraid to just take the chance. Uh, I, I threw my name in really as just kind of a whim. I really didn't think I would get in, and now I'm hooked, and I want to do all the majors, <laughs> and that's the plan. So don't be scared. Go for it. This is Sheila. Um, I just, same thing Scott said, you know, don't be intimidated. You know, running is uh, hard work. Uh, it's a long process. It's, you know, for most of us, 16, 18 weeks of training for a marathon. So um, I just would say, don't be intimidated. Do it. Don't be afraid of going international. It's a great experience. Uh, I've, I've never met a runner that's not kind and um, inviting. And you meet lots of great people. It's a lot of fun. And go for it. As a, a second major uh, for me, yeah, I think Berlin has one of the more generous lotteries. So this is one that I was obviously wanting to, to do all six. But early on my list, um, probably one of the more inviting cities that I think I've been to, international or not. Um, I, I think the the people that were there that I interacted with were, were absolutely great and, and very welcoming to their city. So I, I think you really have no reservations about attempting to go to other international marathons, which I think could be a big thing for people, is just not really knowing what to expect from another culture, another country, and that, that sort of thing. So, you know, there's a, probably a little nervousness not knowing that from that aspect, but I think the overall experience definitely um, was worth the time just to, to throw yourself out there to experience something new and, and different and, and really be able to take in something as, as uh, great as this, this trip wound up being. This is Jamie. I would just say, and if you don't get in on the lottery, there are a lot of worthwhile charities out there that you can run for to, um, to run a lot of big races, not just world majors, but a lot of big races. And uh, don't be afraid to do that either. And kind of on the flip side of that, um, I, we know people in the running community that are raising money to run New York and some of the others. And, uh, you know, as you're able, be generous and, you know, help support those folks as well, because they're our fellow runners and they're trying to support a great cause um, to be able to go run you know, a, a great race. And so I would uh, suggest or recommend anyone who has an opportunity to run for a charity to uh, go for that as well, because it's a very rewarding experience. This is Tim. I'll, I'll second what Jamie was just saying about being rewarding. This uh, I'm actually doing Marine Corps for the second year in a row now as a charity runner as well. And it, it, it definitely adds another layer to the race experience, knowing what you've gone through to get to that point after raising money for the selected charity that you choose. So can definitely uh, attest to Jamie's experience on that end, just from, from having that extra, extra little something added to a race day experience, knowing that you're doing it for a, a worthwhile cause and, and something you believe in. Definitely. That's a great point. I'd like to say about also about uh, running as a charity runner. I, I do do run not as much, but I do run for cause, Culture City here in Birmingham, as well as uh, run for Nepal. It's always rewarding to do such a thing. So thanks for your time. Um, Thank, you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Simon. Yeah. Enjoy Chicago. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Emran's podcast. Please visit emran.com to listen to our previous podcast episodes, links to our social media channels, get raised photos, get discount codes, and more.